Hey there, I'm Courtney. And I'm Emily. And this is the Mostly Awkward Podcast. The place where it's completely acceptable to turn off the tech. this one first while you had words in you yeah now it's just a vapid vacuum of silence <laughs> just kidding we've been recording for an hour and a half already and i'm complaining that i have no words left like a child <laughs> this is the most time that i talk in my whole life is when we record these podcasts because <laughs> my like voice hurts after and I'm like, I don't talk enough. Because... Yeah, I get like extremely dry mouthed afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. It's really weird. I was like, this doesn't happen in real life if I'm just talking to a friend. But when I'm recording a podcast, I have a hard time. I mean, usually also we like record for like hours on end. So I feel like that's pretty normal that we just get a little pasty mouthed. Yeah. And normally, well, like in the case of Spook Pod, I have like a lot of things to read from you have notes yeah yeah, i have like like... pretty intense notes for that podcast actually this podcast that we're doing right now we have no notes for absolutely no notes zero Uh, i was gonna i was gonna make some notes for this version um and then i was just standing completely still at work yesterday and my neck went (laughs) and (laughs) and then i couldn't move my head so um (laughs) That is so, seriously yeah. the worst. I remember one time, it happens at like the weirdest moments. Like one time I was making my bed and I don't even know what I did, but I moved in some way and something happened and I was like, oh my God, like I can't move now. I'm just destroyed. Yeah. yeah. And like I, I literally was like a 45 degree angle or something. Like I was walking <laughs> all bent over. And then I went to the chiropractor, and then it was a little bit better after. Yeah, I went. Hours. I went to my chiropractor, and she definitely fixed a lot of my issues. My neck is still like not great, but I, I'm definitely not yeah. like uh, bent over to the side and unable to lift my head anymore. So that's great. It takes a few days, for sure. <laughs> you should get some Robaxaset. Oh my god, I fucking love that stuff. When my mom came to visit me here in the Netherlands, I was like, "Bring me Robaxaset." That's what please, I want. Please smuggle <laughs> drugs in. Nothing else, just the drugs. Just some Robaxaset. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's like a really powerful muscle relaxant. And I've taken it before, like after having a really stiff back. And I can feel my muscles relaxing in my back. It's crazy. I just like, with those, I always worry that I'm going to take too much. And like, even with like Tylenol or something, I'm like, what if I like, because usually with Tylenol, it's like, uh, it's only if I get like a migraine, I'll take Tylenol. But if I have to do something, like if I'm at work or like whatever, because I don't take stuff that often, I'm always like, if I take uh, this, like am I just gonna? Out. Yeah, am I just gonna be like, <laughs> and not even knock, not even knocked out, but just like loosey goosey and stupid, and like make all these mistakes and everything? Like I'm just really concerned, kiss that that's. I'm also like that. I hardly ever take any medicine for anything, but Robaxaset, fuck yeah, I'll pop that like candy. <laughs> It's, it works so good. We'll take. Ugh. We'll take. All right. But as we said, we have no notes for this episode. Normally, well, we don't have a lot of notes normally for these the Mostly Awkward podcasts. We kind of just 
spit stories. We forth. spit. We spit the stories out. We spit the stories. But today we have literally zero zilch, and we thought it would just be fun to kind of talk a little bit. I mean, we wanted a really chill recording. We've had a stressful couple of weeks, so I think we just wanted to yeah come in come into this casual. Yeah, just like a nice casual, but also like a help us life is hard episode because <laughs> life, life is has always been really hard. hard and yeah that's why we just needed this to be chill and we were we were focusing so hard like it took me so long to do the content for spook pod for natalie holloway those ones are really research heavy that it's so nice to come to this podcast and just talk about how awkward we are and how weird we are and have that be the show yeah, that is the content. You just get to sit here and listen to the weird. Yeah, we're probably really on brand today. Really awkward today. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to edit out a lot of stuff, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably just like the long pausing silences where we think of like what we want to talk about. Although I will say that I went uh, shopping after the chiropractor today. Uh, really big fan of a couple liquidation worlds that are like close to me. They're not called liquidation world. They're like surplus stores and whatever uh but i found a really cozy hoodie that says dog walking hoodie on it and (laughs) so i got that that was definitely needed it was worth it yeah worth it are you gonna wear it when you walk your dog of course that's the only time you're allowed to wear it it's got (laughs) it's got specifics on it you have to you're wearing a dunder mifflin sweater right now I am wearing a Dunder Mifflin sweater right now. It goes with my Dunder Mifflin shirt. I'm not wearing the shirt with the sweater, though. It's kind of redundant because it's... <laughs> yeah. So we were chatting a little bit earlier about the world of electronics. Oh, because my our, mom... Our parents. Our oh parents have God. the struggle. My mom sent me an email today. First of all, she's been emailing me lately. <laughs> I don't know what's up what, with it that. Started, wait, it started. Didn't it start because her phone was broken? No, she forgot her phone. Like she, Forgot it. That was it. I don't know what what is up with... Like, she lives in Canada. I live in the Netherlands. And every single morning, she texts me, like, Hey, are you still alive? Like, she just has this, like, fear, I think, because I'm out of the country, wandering about on my own over here. She's just worried. And I'm normally home alone, too. My, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast. But hey, you haven't said your address yet. We're still okay. <laughs> my boyfriend is gone a lot for work, so I am normally alone here quite often. And yeah, except you know, for her, she has a really big guard dog that has a lot of teeth. Yeah, his name, his is, name Pixel. is Pixel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my mom emailed me the other day. And she said, (laughs) I don't know, it was just so funny. It just popped up on my phone and it said, forgot my phone. If you need me, email me here. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, first of all, why would I need you? If I texted you and you didn't answer, you know, you're in Canada. I'm in the Netherlands. Like, what could I possibly need you that urgently for? What what are you going to do in the time that it would take? She gets freaked out. She watches too many crime things. She gets really, (laughs) like, sometimes I'll just message her at a random time and be like, hello, question. And she'll be like, oh my God, is everything okay? Like, yeah, "Yeah." I just wanted to know what, you know, temperature I normally would cook a potato at. Thank you. (laughs) 
So she emailed me again today and it was just like, what did it say? She was like, hi, I want to use my power beat earbuds, but I only want to use one and I can't figure out how to do it because if I take one out, it pauses. And if I take both out, it stops. And if I put one in my case, it disconnects from my phone. Can you please help me to do this? <laughs> in an email. Like, that was in the greatest. Email. Like, this is what my mother emailed me today. And I was my like... justification. My justification for that is that it's too long for a text. <laughs> I mean, well, it's I, not. I asked her. I was like, why did you email me? And she said she doesn't like to be on her phone a lot at work. And she thought that this would be really complicated and take a long time. But... So e- email was the choice. <laughs> I guess so. But I sent her just one email back saying, "How about oh, you, you know... didn't uh, you didn't page her? <laughs> I didn't send a fax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for some reason C- that just carrier pigeon. Me... <laughs> that just reminded me of that music video. Oh my gosh, I forget what it is now. But someone is like, it's talking about paging, and this girl's pretending to page. And if you literally look at her phone, it has Microsoft Excel on it." Oh, isn't that like... um isn't that that Kelly Rowland? Yes, yes. Um Oh, what is it? Hang on. Always on time? Is it that yeah, one? Yeah, maybe. I honestly No, cuz that's that's Ja Rule and was hey, it this Di- is it was it, way back. it was the one with Nelly, wasn't it? Um Dilemma. I have no idea. And it was like Nelly, I love you. <laughs> maybe I need you. I think that's what it is. Hang on. When she sent messages in Excel. And yeah. then was mad that she got no response. <laughs> yeah. That's my mom. That's my mom trying to communicate with me. I want to see if this is the one. Yes. Ha 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 ha. Yep. Yep. It was in the video for <laughs> Dilemma. Good. Good. And she was getting mad at at Nelly over it it's literally on the internet, it says. Yeah. She was getting angry with Nelly over a text message written in Microsoft Excel on a Nokia <laughs> 9290 communicator as per the video for the 2002 hit Dilemma. So if anyone wants to see what we're talking about, it's in the music video for Dilemma, Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. <laughs> yeah, go take a look. And then you can never be mad at anyone for not answering your text again if it was in Microsoft Excel. But, yeah, but I mean, that's, that, that's my mom. Seriously. But that was kind of what we were talking about. Like the fact that like we are of the generation that we, we grew up before cell phones were a thing. Like I had my first cell phone in high school, I think. So that would have been 2004, 2003, 2004, somewhere around there is when I first got a cell phone and I was already in 2003 I was 14 years old so I went from 0 to 14 without having a cell phone mm-hmm. um but then yeah, because people do it before but then because like so yeah I didn't have a cell phone but I had a computer like when we were growing up so in elementary school we got our computer and that was like the mid 90s so since the mid 90s I have been learning about computers and I have been growing with computers and so it's just really cool that I had those like formative years of like playing outside and not having that stuff. And like, and my, you know, I knew to go home at night because my dad would whistle really loud down the street. Like that was, <laughs> that was how we came home. And it wasn't like my mom didn't call my cell phone or text my cell phone or like whatever. Um, but we're also of the generation whose parents were very much not of the technology era. So uh, after Courtney told me her email story today, I, I <laughs> told her that my aunt, bless her, was um, video chatting with my mom. And now my mom 
is okay with technology. Not great, but she's okay with it for the most part. And her and my aunt talk over messenger video. And my aunt had called her and then partway through this phone call on messenger video, she got a text message uh, of a picture from someone else. My aunt did. And so my aunt touched the, the text and it opened and it went to the like picture and it exited her out of the video call. The call was still active, but she was no longer video calling. It was just a call. Uh, so my mom couldn't see her anymore. And my mom was like, I can't see you and like blah, blah, blah. So my aunt was trying to get back into this conversation and could not find her way back to Messenger. Like she just kept like getting lost in photos <laughs> and like couldn't figure out what button to hit to get the camera to turn back on. And then at one point, because she was hitting so many different things, she just randomly started sharing a video of a man playing with lions <laughs> to my mom's phone. So my mom was sitting there talking to my aunt not able to see my aunt, but watching a lion video that my aunt was sharing across her phone. And my mom was like, I can't see you. All I can see is this video of lions. <laughs> and then my aunt was like, the man with the lions? I was watching that earlier. And my mom was like, yes, I am watching it right now because you're sharing it. So, like, I just, like, it's it's so difficult when they my mom asks me to help her with something because I'm like, I also am that person who cannot tell you how to do it. I need to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I can be like, oh, yeah, this is how we get there. And I can instinctively find it. But I can't sit there and tell you step by step how to stop sharing a lion video with your sister. So, you know, <laughs> parents yeah. be parents be awkward, too. Parents be super awkward. But I do think we grew up at a really nice time in history where, yeah, we got to experience that childhood without phones, but we're still like computer literate. We can still do I things. can function. Yeah, I can function in a computerized world. Yeah. And if you run into issues, I don't know, it's always easy for me to figure them out. I can just kind of, you know, Google something if I I'm having a lot of trouble. I mean, and there's also that basis of knowledge, right? So, like, you know, I grew up with iPhone. And before, like, iPhone was a thing, what, when we started in university? So, oh, God, 2008, 2009, the first iPhone came out, somewhere around there, 2007? I don't know. Anyways, they haven't been around for that long. But we've gone through all of the generations of iPhone, right? So when your iPhone does something, and not necessarily iPhone, smartphones in general for people who use Android, I, I see you, I appreciate you, you lovely humans, <laughs> you're just not my people. Um, but yeah, like, you've grown with those smartphones. So if you get to, like, you know, Samsung Galaxy, you know, S16 or S42, whatever we're on now, I don't know, and your iPhone 14s or 13s or whatever, you can kind of, like, if it does something, be like, ah, yes, uh, from previous years of using this device, I know this. But my parents can't seem to translate that. Like, my dad went from an iPhone 4 to an iPhone 6S, and you would have thought that I had just handed him a completely unique device and was like, learn this again. Like, he, he doesn't, like, they're not able to transfer that information from, like, one phone to another because it's not just, like, a new series of phone. To them, it's, like, a brand new phone like you've handed but i'm like it's the same thing it's the same thing it's just a different shape and like slightly better programming <laughs> you can get there i promise so yeah i don't know i just <clears throat> i feel like our brains are hardwired to do those transitions now because we have for so long and it's difficult for some people in the older generation who don't necessarily who necessarily didn't grow up with like that mm -hmm. but you know what i was thinking the other day like i was thinking i I feel like I've said this before. I don't know if it was on this podcast or if I was just talking to someone, but 
technology feels like such a trap when you really think about it. Like as an example with email, we used to send letters, right? Or telegrams. That's how we communicated that way. Can I just pause you for a second? Because I had to send legitimate mail the other day and I was like, what side does the stamp go on? Like, I've completely <laughs> obliterated. Like, I know a stamp has to go on an envelope. I'm not an idiot. But, like, I sat there staring at it and was like, is it the right corner or the left corner? And then the only reason I remembered is because I was like, well, where do you put the return address, genius? And I was like, left-hand corner. So stamp has to go on the right. But, like, I literally had to puzzle my way through <laughs> writing on the front of a letter. And I was like, wow, that's a sad state of affairs. Anyways, back to your email situation. I used to work at the post office, so I I am very still familiar with where to put a stamp. But yeah, like we used to send letters, right? And they used to take some time to get to us, and that was expected. So we knew if if we're getting a letter, it's going to take some time, and if we're sending a letter out, we can also take our time responding to it. So if you got a letter, you know, you could look at it, sit with it for a little bit, and then maybe take some time, write out your response, and then mail the response. Oh my god, that just reminded me that I have a text that I haven't responded to <laughs> that I meant to respond to like a month ago. Oh, that okay, cool. to me all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they made email, they thought they were being convenient, right? They were like, hey, let's just get rid of all this time wasted And now, look, a letter comes in a second. As soon as you hit send, that person has it. And it was meant to be convenient. But what actually has ended up happening, I feel, is that now the response is expected right away, right? So we used to be able to take our time, think about things. Now, you know, you get a million emails in a day, or at least I do at work, and you're expected to respond to them. And right away, in a very timely manner, And it's kind of taken this thing that was supposed to be convenient and turned it into, like, something stressful that now needs to be on our minds and responded to constantly. And honestly, like, even when I'm at work, there are certain things that we email about that we expect, like, an immediate response on. For example, uh, we do, well, where I used to work, there was a, a delivery that we would do. And... We paid it out monthly, the delivery fee. So, like, we would pay the driver on a monthly invoice. So they would come in and drop off their invoice for the deliveries that they had done. And it was usually, like, $500 to $1,000, depending on the month. Like, if it's Christmas time, it's higher kind of a thing. And we had to email one of our, like, um, corporate people to get approval for that payout. But the people who are dropping off the invoice are kind of expecting a payment like within a couple of days because that's how we operate. So we literally would have to send out this like request for approval and expect it back that day. And then if you got it back, you could process their payment and everything was good. So like it really was the expectation that you send an email at like eight in the morning. And if you haven't heard back by three, then that person is slacking. And like regardless of how many other emails they've gotten in the day, you're still expecting that response. So yeah, I like I it's very Yeah, and do we want to be slaves to emails like that? I don't. Even the text message thing that I was just talking about, like how easy is it to read a text and and map out a response in your head and then never send it because you didn't do it in that second. Mhm. So, yeah. Yeah, Texti- I do that all texting's the time. hard. 
texting is hard and like if someone texts me i do feel like the pressure same thing as email to reply right away and it's like man sometimes i just want to be without my phone a little caveat so, there, though. If I ever don't text you back, it's probably not because I'm being rude. It's probably because, A, you got me too early, and I read it, and I responded to it in the noggin, and I never responded <laughs> to it in person. Or, B, it was a tricky question, and I wanted to sit with it for a day, and then I absolutely forgot that you even texted me in the first place, and now it's three months later, and you're upset with me, and I don't know why. So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I did a really bad one. I, my friend, it was on my birthday. My friend sent me like this really nice happy birthday message. Okay, but that's also hard because on your birthday, you usually get bombarded with Facebook and texts of like, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And you read all of them. You're like, okay, yeah, like, but I can't physically respond to all of these. It's insanity. So I make one general message that's like, thanks for the birthday wishes. But if anybody (laughs) texts me anything else that's like not birthday related on my birthday, chances are you're not hearing back from me because I'm just like skipping everybody that day but anyways what was your bad one explain it i want to know more well no it was just my friend sent me this really nice birthday message and i completely forgot to respond and my birthday was on september 5th and then i looked at our conversation on like september 25th or something like 20 days later and i realized i never responded and i just felt really bad because she sent this really nice birthday message in a text and I just never said anything but I read it (laughs) just a thumbs up even you didn't even (laughs) no I said nothing and then we hadn't spoken since and then I was like oh man now I feel really bad but yeah it was just I think I was getting bombarded not just on my phone but that was just a busy day in general yeah technology really is a double-edged sword because I don't want to be a slave to my phone and things like that and I have been for the past at least at least five years, I say it's it's been really intense because I also have been working on my phone. So I do like a lot of my job on my phone. And that has just made it that my phone is always near me, always with me. And it does feel like it's like at the point of being like an addiction. Like first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I look at it and see if I missed anything. And, you know, it's, like, also the last thing I look at before I go to bed every night. But it is very – it's very ingrained in us now. Like, even me – and I'm not on my phone as much as you are. I know that for a fact because I've seen you on that bad boy. But, like, honestly (laughs) – I'll I'll come home from like work or whatever. I'm I don't look at my phone that much at work, but I still have it on me. And I'll like set my phone down and I'll walk away. And I might get distracted with like my dog or eating dinner or being with my family or like whatever. And I'll come back and there's like 17 missed messages and like all these emails that I'm supposed to. Re- and I'm like, why? This was two hours of my life that I just wanted to take away and spend time with things that were important to me. And I shouldn't come back to my phone and feel guilty. That I was, like, not... And even, like, so I've got, like, my Fitbit and I connected it to my phone, which was, like, bad call. Because now every time my phone goes off, I can look and, like, see who the message is from. And then I'm, like, reading a message on my watch from my phone that's three feet away while my family is sitting there trying to have dinner. And I'm, like, this is silly. This is just silliness. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I think that because... um I feel like I have, like, an actual fear of being away from my phone now because... Like, my last boss, we talked constantly all day on WhatsApp. And if she needed anything, she WhatsApped me. And it has been hard for me to separate from my phone because 
I just felt like I needed to be available for that if anything came in. And now I'm still having that problem of like, what if something comes in? What if somebody needs me and can't reach me? And if I'm not looking at my phone, I'm not reachable. That's just kind of like, you know, there's no other way to get in contact with me, especially for my family who's in Canada. You know, they can't just come knock on my door. I mean, I think that's another thing about our our generation specifically, though, is that we are of the generation that did grow up and we had the landline and that was how you got us. And if we weren't home, you left a message and we would get back to you. And there was that time in there to just like... But now, because like, again, in high school, I got my first cell phone. And then once I was in university, that cell phone became to me what my landline used to be, right? Like that is everything. That is where you get me. And not only that, it became like where I did my schoolwork and where I made notes and where I had, you know, like it was my information center. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of, and, and then when I came home and my laptop started getting shifty and I stopped using my laptop, my phone was also like my full-time computer too. So it, it did like serve a multifunctioning purpose, but it also was my landline. Like that's how my job gets a hold of me. That's how like everybody knows to reach me. And so I think that it's, we, cause not many people have landlines now. I mean, my parents still do like in their house, but in general, most people just have their cell phone. I tried once where I was like, okay, the first three hours that I wake up in the morning, I'm not going to look at my phone. And I even, like, I would make my boyfriend go on my computer and close all of my tabs on my computer because I have WhatsApp on my computer. And if I open my computer for work or anything, I could see all my WhatsApps right there. And so I would make him go on and close everything so I couldn't see anything. Because I knew if I saw that something was there, I wouldn't be able to just ignore it for three hours. So I tried doing that for a little bit, but I've kind of got out of that habit. I also, I haven't gotten into the TikTok phase thing. Have you gotten really deep into TikTok? No, listen, I have a TikTok. I have a TikTok because I have to have a TikTok to feel like a relevant human being. And I, I will scroll through people's TikToks, but there are only like three people that I actually like looking at their TikToks. And then, and I follow them. (laughs) And and I think that there's only like a few accounts that I follow. And those are the like TikToks that I enjoy. Everything else is garbage. I don't like the dances and the trends and like whatever. It doesn't appeal to me. I, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I think we might be hitting that age where. uh, The elderly age. Yeah. Where the new social media things now aren't really phasing us because we're getting old. (laughs) And I definitely feel that way. Like, social media, to me, it used to feel fun. It used to, you know, I'd, like, go and open up my Instagram, and it was fun to look at things. And same with Facebook when it first came out. But now, I don't think any of them are fun anymore. It's just, like, a thing that's on my phone that I keep looking at. Like, I'll just open up. Well, I, I don't really use Facebook at all. I've completely moved away from Facebook. I've never gotten into TikTok, and I don't know if I should attempt to. I mean, I, I do have a TikTok, but I don't have the app on my phone. Actually, no, I think I do now because of this podcast. I yeah, think. because of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I downloaded it again, but I never go on it, ever. Yeah, I literally just looked at the people I follow. I follow seven people. Two of them are the pods. <laughs> one of them are and three of them are like creators that I actually enjoy their stuff and then two of them are just friends that I like have that also don't use TikTok that yeah 
So those are my, that's who I follow. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. And I just feel like Instagram was the last one that I actually like got interested in. Even Snapchat. Snapchat does nothing for me. Like, I don't care. I don't have that anymore either. And, and I also like got to the point where it was like your snaps and one other person were the only ones I would open because I don't care. Like people would send me shit or I would like look at their stories and I'd just be like, I don't. It got to the point where it was like, do you remember Facebook status posts? And they used to really bother me because it would be like, Johnny's eating a hamburger at Sandy's Hamburgers. And you were like, okay. Like, I don't care. I don't care, Johnny, that you're eating a hamburger. I only agreed to be friends with you on Facebook because you asked me five times in person to accept you. And I've also stopped doing that. Like, if people request to, like, be my friend, on, I have to talk to you in real life. If I don't talk to you in real life, if we're not actually buds, we're not friends on Facebook. I don't care because I don't care about your life and I don't want to see it. (laughs) And that sounds terrible. But I literally just do not want to put the energy into, like, comparing my life to your life. Like, and I don't put that much personal stuff on Facebook. You will very rarely find me putting my life on Facebook because I don't find any any of my personal shit. Like, you don't need to know that. Like, what? I walked my dog on the trail today and found a hobo camp. <laughs> That's just life in my town. You don't need to know that. Courtney needs to know that. I texted her about it, but... She was the only one that I cared to mention that to. <laughs> it was a nice setup, though. He had a little barbecue grill and everything. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Right by the river. Sweet views. <laughs> and the thing is, we talked about this, like, a little bit in our last episode on conformity, but there's a lot of real-life implications that social media and technology has brought to our society. Like, I don't think that humans are supposed to be able to see everybody's exact feelings on, like, a mass scale like this, you know? Yeah, I think it has, like, some very deep implications to have the access we do to the amount of people that we do. Like, I think about how, like, Kanye West, I didn't even look at this, so I really don't know what happened at all, but Kanye West was, like, losing his shit on TikTok, Again. I think. Again, always, constantly. But I don't think that we're supposed to see that publicly, you know? Like, are we supposed to watch someone else break down and then gossip about it? Here's the thing. We all did this with Britney, and I feel bad enough about that. Because I remember at the time, and and again, generational thing, but when Britney Spears had her little drama, and, and I feel... Back in 2007... Yes, when the whole, and I feel, because I was, that was, I was 18 at the time, 18 or 19, and um, I just think that even then I wasn't old enough to process that and understand it on a level that I needed to, because I didn't feel enough empathy for her. I was just kind of like, eh, she's a celebrity, she's having a breakdown, it's what they do. And it, it wasn't like really looking at that and being like, that is a girl who like, needs And I don't even want to say help because they were apparently giving her help. Like, she doesn't need help, but she needs understanding from the public. And we were not understanding at all, right? Like, it it was just tabloid stories everywhere. And then she shaved her head and that was even worse. And, like, and then the the guy made this uh, Leave Britney Alone. (laughs) The Leave Britney Alone video. And everyone just, like, mercilessly mocked what Chris... What was that person's name? I don't know at all. Anyways. I've seen so the video, they, though. Yeah. They just mercilessly mocked him. And, like, I'm pretty sure he was the only person who 
was actually standing up for someone the way they needed to. And yes, it was probably out of like an extreme fandom of Britney, but I feel like if if all of us gave half of that amount of empathy and understanding to like celebrity people or even to like publicized breakdowns, the world would be a better place. I just feel like and and it might have also been the time where mental health wasn't taken as seriously. But I just feel like that was a situation that the world handled very poorly. Yeah, <laughs> and I it know. was because of of the amount of attention and, and uh, you know, eyes on her at the time. Like, again, leading to, like, we don't necessarily need to see that. Yeah, sometimes you look at old tabloids and things and you are just like, what? Like, how was this ever acceptable? Yeah. But then it is cool to see how far we've come from that, too, you know, and that like on the flip side, of course, there's good things about technology. And I do think that it has done some good things for us, of course, that now things seem to move faster. We seem to have a lot more understanding of people like in in situations like this and, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement, the Me Too movement, those things that blow up on social media do lead to changes and maybe if we're all connected by the internet those changes can start happening faster i i also think that that's a double-edged sword though because i like to think that like there's a certain amount of accountability that comes from people being able to see stuff in an instant like if you video something and share it on tiktok or share it on the internet like there isn't a certain amount of accountability but i think that that's also very dangerous and can interfere in a lot of people's jobs and in the way that our society has run up until this point. And, like, specifically with, like, cops. Like, I understand that that there are a lot of corrupt situations in the world and, like, and especially people of color. I am not trying to diminish that at all. And I do certainly believe that you should stand up for yourselves and film it if you need to. Like, I, I agree with that. But I also think that there are people that take advantage of that situation and try to film and maybe make people in positions of authority come off in a, in a bad light. And, like, you don't need to do that. Like, I feel like if the situation is warranted and you are actually being discriminated against, by all means, yes, film it and put it up online and, and make that person accountable. But don't get in the way of someone who is trying to keep us safe just because you feel offended when there's nothing actually offensive happening. And I feel like that's also a, a spot where our society has just kind of like gotten out of control. Like everything's offensive. Yeah, like cancel culture. Yeah. I was trying to find this book. It's called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. <laughs> and I just thought it was like a really cool title. And I heard it was a really good book and I wanted to read it. And I think it talks about some of this, like in one story, um, oh man, what was her name? Oh, okay. I, I found it. Her name was Justine Sacco. She tweeted once and I don't even think that she had, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know enough about this story to talk about it, but just to give <laughs> the basic thing. Disclaimer, we know nothing. We know nothing. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer i'm talking about something i don't know about fully because i didn't get to read that book i think that this is in that book i'm trying to find that book i i went to two bookstores in amsterdam that had english books it wasn't that either of them so dude can you get it can you get it on your kindle just get it on your kindle yeah i know i i will resort to that but (laughs) i was looking for it but anyways so this girl 
tweeted something. I feel like she must have been a journalist. I don't know. But she, or she maybe had a bigger account in some way. I don't know. But she tweeted, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding, I'm white. And she posted that. And obviously it's a joke, you know. Like maybe an insensitive joke, but a joke nonetheless. And you can... Maybe also a truthful joke that, you know, people should care more about the AIDS problem in Africa. But nobody does, because why is that? But anyway, so she posted that tweet, and then she turned her phone off. This was years ago, so, like, we didn't have Wi-Fi on planes or anything. She turns her phone off. She goes on this, like, long, like, 14-hour-something flight all the way to Africa. And in that time that she was on the flight, this tweet blew the fuck up, and it went insane. And when she landed... People were there, like, swarming the airport to see her get off the plane and to, like, I don't know, just, like, cause a bunch of problems. And I don't even, got, like, like, honestly, like, I, it's so hard to comprehend that, right? Because, like, you just sat down on a flight, you're chilling. She had no clue what was right? going on. And then she lands and everyone is there for her. And she got completely canceled. I think she lost her job from this. Like, she had a lot of repercussions and I think she couldn't find any new jobs and it like ruined her life. And yeah, that's what cancel culture is. Right. So it's just, it's just scary to see if you say one thing, the entire world can hate you. And that causes a lot of like, we talked about this in the need to belong. Like if the entire world hates you, you know, people commit suicide over things like that. Honestly, and, like, the one I, I constantly think of is um, Jenna Marbles. Because I, we grew up with, like, we were in university when Jenna posted her first video and we watched it together. Like, I remember that. Um, and it was the, like, how to fool someone into thinking you're good looking. Yeah. And then even the one where, like, you just do, like, you keep your mouth open or something at the bar to, like, scare guys off. Like, we, we watched her, like, initial <laughs> videos. Like, we really did. And... I watched her over the years and I saw her grow like through and I didn't always like like every single video she posted. But in general, I understood that she was like a good person. And I, and I think that everyone should have understood that about her because she was a good person and she was doing like stuff to make her audience happy and to provide enjoyment for others. And then like what two years just before COVID. So two or three years ago, like got in this huge thing about a video from years ago that she had posted, which was maybe slightly insensitive, but in the context of the time was not anything that anyone yeah, would have batted I an eye was, at. I think it was something to do with the Black Lives Matter movement. And because Nicki Minaj, and it looked like she was wearing blackface, but she wasn't. And if you had ever watched her videos or watched any of that, you would have known that Jenna was constantly deeply, darkly tanned in that time period. And... And so it was just really sad for me that, like, people went after someone who was, like, genuinely a good person. And and I'm glad that she left YouTube and, like, is having a life and having the life that she wants. And I'm genuinely, like, happy that it was, like, a, a, a for what happened, the probably the best outcome that could have happened from that is just her stepping away. But uh, it's also crappy that, like, that was something that was like good and pure and whatever on the internet and everybody just shit all over it and 
Like, good thing for her that she was, like, a strong enough person to just step back and say, like, maybe this isn't for me anymore if this is what it's going to be. And, like, I think that that's a really mature way to handle that is to just step away and be done. But it's so sad that that's what was forced to happen. Like, it's it sucks that, like, yeah. It does suck because, yeah, the thing is, nobody's ever going to be perfect, right? Yeah. You can take anything that anybody says and make it offensive. Like that thing online where you can literally say online, like, I like ducks. And someone can go, um, oh my god, I'm a duck scientist, and this is the most harmful view that you can take. And then someone else can go, um, your silence about horses is really telling. The fact like that you're you can... discriminating against geese is upsetting to me. <laughs> Yeah, you can take anything and turn it offensive and nobody nobody on this planet is ever going to be perfect and be able to cater to every single person's needs. You know, it's an impossible task to put on people. I think that the internet needs to remember that with great power comes great responsibility. And right now, y'all aren't being very responsible with your power. <laughs> and I definitely do think, like, I think, um, like... The, the movements that have blown up, like the Black Lives Matter and the Me Too and things that we've seen over the past couple of years, I think it's a good thing that these things are blowing up on the internet, but I think we need to cut some people some slack. Yeah. You know, yep. if something was from years ago, you have to give people the opportunity to grow because that that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? We're supposed to be growing, we're supposed to be changing, we're supposed and to be getting better. I think Jenna was in like her mid 20s when she made that video, and who of us who has lived through their mid 20s can sit back and go, I was never a complete asshole in my right? mid 20s because <laughs> exactly. that's not true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also as an awkward person, I remember like the, that when I first got MSN Messenger. Oh God! Uh-oh. Oh wait, was that that was ICQ, wasn't it? Oh, anyway, continue. I don't know. No, ICQ was the oh one, and MSN was a different sound, but I don't remember it. It's like a ding, like yeah. some type of ding, I think. Um, but I remember that was the first time because I was so shy growing up. That talking to people in person has always been really difficult for me if I am not close to you. And then it makes it harder for me to make friends because I don't talk to people. And I just remember when I first got MSN, it felt like it was a lot easier for me to actually open up and talk to people on social or on this instant messenger I mean, our version of social media. in person. Yeah, (laughs) our version of social media. And I think that it really helped me grow because it really helped me kind of get out of my shell and be able to talk about myself on the computer first, which felt less threatening. And then I could do it better in real life, you know? So I don't know, just growing up with that, like I made tons of friends on MSN. So I'm going to say I was like the complete opposite. I... Wasn't I'm not good on like social media MS like MSM was not my jam. I You're good with me. I'm good with you. We text all the time. I'm good with you. That and like my two (laughs) friends that I message now, aside from you. Um, but like literally (laughs) I used to sit on MSN and I would put myself to appear offline. Um 
and I would just watch everybody else come online. I only had like my friends list only had like twenty six people on it or something, and um, I remember the only thing that vividly stands out to me about MSN is I had this one friend. Um, I don't talk to her anymore, but like I we're still good, I guess. Um, and we used to chat back and forth all the time, and she typed so much faster than me that like. I would start responding to something she had said and she'd already be like six more messages ahead of me. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how you're typing as fast as you're typing, but you need to stop because I can't even get my thought out. And, and I think that that just stressed me out so much that I've just like never recovered from it. I mean, with you, it's easy though, because even if I like send you a message that's responding to something, three messages up, like you're still following that conversation, even though you're like, way yeah we go back and forth all the time i i think if you yeah sometimes we have two conversations if an outsider was reading our messages like you would it it doesn't make sense because like i'm responding to something like that you can't even see on the screen anymore and you're talking about something else but then after that response i respond to the something else and then it's like back and forth it's ridiculous so and I never hit that reply. Like, you know, on WhatsApp, you can hit reply so people can see specifically what you're Oh, yeah, I never do to. that. I never do that. No. I just know. Yeah, no. From 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 conversing with you, I just Actually, know literally, other, pe- other people were doing that to me, like replying to specific things I had said, and I didn't understand what they were doing because of the way you and I talk. And I was just like, what is this madness? What is, why is it <laughs> quoting my own thing back to me? And then I like kind of understood what was happening but because like you and i don't use that we just like slam each other with messages until we fall over yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but no like you know what's that therapy called is it like cognitive behavioral therapy or something i don't know there's if you have a fear of something they say to do something like a version of it that's easier and oh like exposure exposure therapy yeah 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 like that and I kind of think that that's what MSN did for me as a young, shy kid. It helped me kind of get out of my shell, and it made talking to people less difficult for me. And then, yeah, I really think that I noticed a difference in my social abilities after I got MSN. So I feel super grateful for MSN in that capacity, just that... Social media in general, like it, it did help me to connect with so many cool people. And I swear to like God, though, talk- if anybody ever fucking nudges me again, I'll kill someone. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot that was the nudge the drrr, and your whole screen would shake. So if I'm trying to type yeah. to you and you nudged me, I was like, stop it. I'm getting there. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Do you remember Pokes? On yeah, Facebook? that was so dirty. It that was, was so okay. Weird. So I don't think it was supposed to be. <laughs> I get Pokes from random. I don't think it people. was supposed to be dirty, but in our generation, it was a that was a dirty thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think because like the well, physical this... implication of that, when I would read it, and it would be like, "You got poked by so and so," I'd be like, "What? No, <laughs> no, thank I did you. Not consent yeah, to no that. touching." It's crazy to think how Facebook has changed over the years. Like there never, like there used never used to, to be, um, there never used to be another option other than like. You could only like stuff. There was no like yeah. frowny face or love or laughing or anything like that. It was just you liked it or you did nothing. And statuses aren't even really a thing anymore. Yeah. You know, like you can still post them, but people don't post the way. Yeah, they used not like. To. 
Jimmy is walking to the corner of 6th and 42nd if anybody wants to meet up. Jimmy is now currently at the corner of 6th and 42nd and only three other people showed up. (laughs) Jimmy is now partying with Raquel and Klaus on the corner of, like, you know, it just didn't... Or just, like, feeling so happy today, or today was the worst day ever, or, like, just all the random things that people used to post. Emily is currently wishing Uh... that someone was online to talk to (laughs) like that's gonna do anything do you get those um things that show you the old your old statuses that you post posted from like 10 years like memories like i got i got a memory the other day of my cat watching pangu (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yes i do get those but they're not always statuses they're usually just like pictures of my cat oh that's cute all right, well, I just got a low battery symbol on my computer. So and we've I think been, that that means... for a kid with no words, I just spewed out, like, what, 50 minutes of words? So, yeah. hey, deal with it. Hey, we did it. <laughs> we did it. This turned into a conversation around technology and cancel culture and what we think about all that as... As awkward people. humans, yeah. As awkward humans who have experienced both worlds, kind of. Both ends of the spectrum. You get the best of both worlds. (laughs) Chill it out, take it slow. Then we rock out the show. You're singing a lot today, too. Hannah Montana, yo. The second second time you sang. Yeah, but I had to. Both times. Because one was to prove that it was Kelly Rowland. And (laughs) and the other one is Miley, and you just gotta... Yeah, you just got it. All right. I'm going to plug my computer in and I'm going to go to bed. Well, have a lovely evening. Oh, thank you. I hope <laughs> you have a lovely evening too. Yeah, I will. I'm going to go watch Hannah Montana. Don't text me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Salty. All right. Bye. Bye. listening if you're mostly awkward and want to hear more please listen rate review and follow all episodes of the mostly awkward podcast new ones are out every tuesday and they're available now for free on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts want to chat email us at mostly at gmail.com or follow us on tiktok instagram and reddit at mostly awkward pod or twitter at mostly For a full list of episodes, more deets, or to see what's coming next, visit our website, mostlyawkwardpod.com. This has been a presentation of Mostly Awkward Media. See See you next week. week!